Ask a CFI with the Pilot to Pilot podcast and Lift Flight Academy takes off now. AV Nation, what is going on? You're probably thinking to yourself, I think I just listened to Pilot to Pilot on Tuesday. Why am I hearing him on Thursday? Well, funny you should ask. We have a new series. This is brought to you in collaboration with Lyft Academy and possibly some other flight schools in the future, but it is going to be Ask a CFI, where you have the opportunity to ask CFIs your questions. So if I'm not a CFI, so I have to branch out, reach out to flight schools and have them on to answer your questions, because I don't think you should trust someone that's not a CFI when you got some pretty intense questions to ask. But Today's episode is going to be about 20 minutes long, maybe 25, or it could be completely wrong. It could be two hours, but it's going to be about how to save money during flight training, how to get done with your training as quick as possible. So if you're really interested in this topic, go ahead and listen up. Ed Bagden from Lyft Flight Academy has some great insight on how you can save money in your flight training. Aviation Nation, if you like today's episode, leave us a review on iTunes. Check us out on Patreon. Check our website out, pilotthepilothq.com. That is all the links to our Instagram, our Twitter, our Patreon, everything. Go ahead and check it out and share this with all your friends. Without any further ado, here is Ask a CFI with Lyft Flight Academy. Ed, what's going on? Welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Justin, it's great to be back on. It's been, what, almost a year since we last talked, and uh, I had a great time last time. Happy to be back. Yeah, I'm glad to have you guys back, and I'm excited about uh, what we're going to talk about. I'm excited about promoting Lyft more and just getting more people aware of what you guys are doing and kind of the services you provide, and I think it's going to be uh, a great episode. Absolutely. It's been a, a wild year for us at Lyft, for sure. So, uh, you know, we started in September of 2018 with uh, 12 students, and here we are today with over 270 actively enrolled and uh, certainly a lot of growth in the past year, but uh, still a lot of increases in the overall quality of our program as well, which is just, just really exciting. Absolutely. And what most people don't understand is that sometimes growth can be kind of a scary thing, especially if it comes too fast. You know, if you're not prepared for all those students and that could eventually be a bad thing, but it sounds like you guys are, are doing really well. You guys are taking everything in stride and coming out for the better on everything. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, growth. Growth is definitely, it's, it's been a lot of fun for us, certainly a challenge, but I've got an incredible team and, and the whole team at Lyft, you know, has really come together to, to make all this a reality and really just bring the best quality uh, to market that we can. Absolutely. And like I said, I'm excited about uh, this conversation that we're about to have because this is quite possibly the, one of the more important things in aviation and that's money. And it's how to get your training done as quick and the best training possible for as cheap as possible, because we all know there are certain flight schools that charge you an arm and a leg and some may charge you a little bit less, but like, where do you find when the big question is, where do you find when it's worth it? Like, where's the sweet spot? Do you want the G1000? Do you want a, just a standard six pack and all that kind of stuff? So I'm excited to dig a little deeper in this conversation. Yeah, me too. So, you know, you said quickly and as, as cheaply as possible. And, uh, I definitely don't ever describe our training at Lyft as cheap, but I think that when you look at you look at speed and cost, I think you come up with an equation which is value, right? And what's the what's the highest value training when you're in, investing a dollar in flight training? How do you make that dollar go the farthest? So I think that's really kind of probably the crux of the conversation that we can talk about today. So um, you know, when I look at that, I think that there's a couple things that come to mind immediately. One is a uh, you know, how regularly someone is training. So 
Um, you know, students at Lyft, they're flying or training at least, you know, five days a week, every week. So that's, that's a lot. And that's a big commitment. And I know for some people that may not be, you know, a realistic commitment of time, but I think that making sure that you're in the training environment, whether it's the classroom, the simulator or the airplane, uh, you know, at least once a week for, for any student anywhere is, is really important to being able to retain the information and to be able to kind of build on the past lessons to ensure that you're progressing every time that you're you're working on it, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that actually was a big impact in my career and my training because I actually wasn't very consistent. So I obviously, I had football that I had to deal with. I had to go back and forth, had to take a, a ton of chunks of time off. So I didn't have the ability to go train. So it hurt me a lot. And the fact that my consistency made me repeat lessons over and over and over again, where it then becomes more expensive when you repeat lessons. So I had to, to redo maneuvers, redo landings, redo all this stuff, just because I wasn't comfortable and not ready to take that check ride. So I definitely agree that the more consistent you are, and then the better you're going to be and the, the quicker and the quicker, the cheaper that you'll get your training on. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, honestly, that's that's what we see through our data here at Lyft, through all of our students. It's, you know, students that are, are unable to, you know, consistently show up and uh, consistently put the time in, whether it's at the academy or, or at home studying, are unlikely to, uh, you know, be, be successful candidates for for what we do here. So having the ability to train regularly is, is a very you know critical element to the success of a student. Yeah, absolutely. And I like how you brought up the, the second point I wanted to bring up and what is important, at least in my eyes, of getting your training done quickly and cheap is making sure you're prepared for every lesson. And that comes with home studying, which is maybe not everyone's favorite thing to do. But you said you have data there that kind of backs that up, right? Sure, absolutely. I mean, yeah, showing up at the airport, Getting in an airplane and going and flying is, I think, why most of us have uh, pursued this path. I mean, it's obviously the most fun part about uh, a career in aviation, but uh, the home study is equally, if not more important. Honestly, showing up for a lesson, you need to understand, uh, you know, completion standards for every maneuver that you're going to do. You need to know, you know, what success looks like so you can target that. You need to understand your profiles, your setups, you know, how you're how you're entering into each maneuver. And also all of all the ground knowledge that backs all of that up. So if you don't have that kind of in your back pocket walking into every lesson, then odds are you're wasting time. And if we're wasting time, we're now wasting money, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, if when you aren't fully prepared for your lesson, that also leads into you being inconsistent in your training, which will then make you repeat lessons, which will then make you pay more money. So those those kind of go hand in hand together in, one, in some way. For sure. Yeah. I mean, for an instructor, especially when we get out of the first few lessons or when we introduce something for the first time, I mean, it really shouldn't be the instructor prompting the student to, you know, configure the aircraft or get set up or even how to execute the maneuver. The instructor should really just be providing feedback on, you know, how to how to improve or, you know, best practices, tips and strategies, things like that, not actively teaching how to do the maneuver. That's really incumbent on the student to be able to to know that going into a lesson. And, um, you know, one of the things we introduced recently with our, our most recent February class at Lyft is um, kind of a procedures validation a couple of weeks after starting. So a student needs to be able to sit down in front of a cockpit poster in the sim or, you know, in an aircraft on ground power and demonstrate all the flows and checklists that we use. So I know that not every training environment uses, you know, flows and checklists like we do in an airline, but here at Lyft, we do. And it's, it's really important that we're not getting out to the airplane and spending, you know, 
really important. And you know, what can be expensive Hobbs time trying to work through a checklist, get the switches in the right position. That's, that's really table stakes for, for going and doing any lessons. So that's, uh, that's something we're really trying to emphasize here because we know that that can be a barrier to success in training. Um, this kind of goes into another part of it too. So obviously a big cost of this is going to be the plane that you choose to fly. Now I know you guys fly kind of like the best equipment that you can possibly get. And it might be, you could probably find a cheaper airplane on the side. And this is, you don't, I mean, I know you're going to say probably that it's best to fly the way you do, but what do you think about people at different flight schools that maybe have the opportunity to either train in a Sirius or a Bonanza, maybe not a Bonanza, but uh, like a 152 versus a 172 versus a G1000 and a six pack? Like, what are the importances of those? And when should a student choose maybe better avionics to learn off of rather than the cheaper route? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great question. And like you said, we did choose our fleet because we wanted something that most closely mirrored what they're going to be flying on the Ember 170, 175 at Republic. Um, and, you know, if someone's career oriented, if their goal is to head to, you know, one of the regionals uh, once they you know accrue the hours they need, then I would say getting that exposure to glass cockpits is going to be really helpful uh, as modern pilots. I mean, you know, this, uh, it's, you know, stick and rudder. You can never get away from that, but it, we're very much, you know, systems managers as well. And, you know, learning automation and, and modern avionics as a fundamental concept, you know, primacy is, is a lot in aviation or really when you're learning anything. So, you know, making those, those concepts and those skills prime, I think is really important. Now you bring up cost, which, you know, I think that my answer to that would be, you know, lift brings value to the flight training world that, Honestly, uh, I mean, flying the best equipment at the, the best value that's been seen in decades is, is something that, that we have brought to market. But um, I, I think that that demonstrates that you can kind of you know, have your cake and eat it, too. You can uh, find affordable flight training in a modern aircraft. But I mean, certainly there's there's a lot of options out there. But if your your primacy is on a, a six pack 172, that's OK. But at some point down the road you're going to need to learn the more advanced systems. And the best place to do that is not in sim training at the airline. It's, it's going to be prior to that. Yeah. You have a lot going on at those moments, right? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I, I like what you said about how a lot of times a pilot can be a system manager and more importantly, you have to recognize when a system and when automation goes wrong, because maybe in a six pack, you don't have as much automation as you do, or maybe G1000 brings more automation and you got to sit back and monitor things and know what to do when things fail. Cause let's be real. When we're in a pilot, not everything works every single time, you know, like you have to do more than just fly the plane. You have to, to read a QRH, a QRC, you have to decipher information. You have to figure out why it's doing what it's doing and how to fix it. So that's important to kind of get those situations and maybe a higher tech airplane. Like you said, before you go to your check ride for Republic or before you go do something bigger with your career. So it's important to get that stuff down now. And I liked what you said about how you can bring value and how you can kind of have your cake and eat it too with the value that lift has with the diamond. So, I mean, it's definitely something for people to look into and figure out what you value more, you know, is it, cheaper do you want to be as cheap as possible or do you want to try to find something in the middle that offers the best for the right amount of money or maybe if you really want to be that person that's flying a i don't know that gets a type ride and a, a serious vision jet for the first plane you know so it's, you have to figure out what works best for you absolutely and you know you're talking about automation i think something that every pilot should be aware of is the concept of you know we call it cami at republic uh, some airlines may call it something different but 
you know, confirm, activate, monitor, and intervene. So when you're receiving a clearance, you know, initially confirming uh, that you understand the clearance. And if you have got another pilot that you're working with, uh, maybe verifying with them, activating the input on the automation, uh, ensuring that you actually selected the right button and looking at your, you know, flight guidance panel, ensuring that you have the right lateral or vertical mode selected, uh, monitoring the automation to ensure that it's, you know, doing what you instructed it to do. And then obviously the oftentimes most important step is intervening and clicking the disconnect on the autopilot and, and putting the airplane where it needs to be, you know, aviate, navigate, communicate. Uh, Cami, I think, is something that <clears throat> keeps people, you know, where they want to be. It keeps you in the green. And uh, it's just a, a really important philosophy that we drill at Lyft, we drill it at Republic, and we could avoid, you know, as an industry, so many pilot deviations if people were diligent about following that that philosophy. Yeah, and sometimes the most important thing you can possibly do is click off automation and hand fly the plane. If you don't like what it's doing, hit the red button, stop it, and just you fly it. Now you're in control, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, anybody who's flown an automated airplane can think about the person who, you know, sees the automation. I think we've probably done it ourselves, not doing what's expected, and you end up, you know, you're pressing a bunch of different buttons trying to get it to work, and the easiest thing to do is just do a kind of revert back down to that simple level of flying and click it off. Yeah, agree. I think there was an American Airlines training video about that like 10 years ago where they said, hey, the most important thing when you don't understand automation is take a step back from automation, come back down, go back a decade and just hand fly. You can fly the plane. That's why you're up there. Don't let the computer tell you what to do. You tell the computer what to do. So I think that's definitely important for people in their training too. The Children of the Magenta video, I think is what that's called. I don't know if it's on YouTube, but it's a good one. It is definitely a good one. I need to try to get that guy on the podcast. <laughs> For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's training can definitely be expensive. Are there any, I know we talked about kind of self-studying. Are there any kind of, do you at Republic recommend other tips for people to train? Is it all kind of Republic material or lift material? Or is it going to be like, Hey, you know, like if you're really struggling with this, like you can go check out some YouTube videos or you can check out these books and stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's a ton of great resources out there nowadays. And I think that, you know, we try to provide everything a student needs to be successful here, but I mean, I would also encourage any student, whether at Lyft or, or elsewhere to, you know, delve out into the incredible resources that we can get on the internet. And I'm, I think a lot of people are probably familiar with you know, people like uh, Bold Method, they produce some fantastic content through their videos and their website. I, I love what they do. And, uh, you know, th there's a lot of good stuff out there. I think that when it comes to studying, uh, if you're in an environment where there's there's other students, I think working uh, in pairs or in groups is incredibly valuable. That's another thing that, you know, we do at the airline. The people that study as a group have a high likelihood of being successful. The people that go off on their own and, and try to do it all themselves a lot of times struggle. So working with others. And if, if you're a private pilot, maybe somebody's working on instrument or commercial, uh, maybe they're working on CFI, great opportunity to sit down with them and, you know, capitalize on each other's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And I like that you said in groups, you can also push and challenge each other. So maybe someone's better at, at uh, navigation than you are. Maybe someone's better at reading maps than you are, knows regulations better. It's like, all right, now you know that where you need to work, what you need to work on. If you don't ever have a group or have someone to voice your opinions with or talk to, you don't know what you're weak at. You don't know what you need to know. Be like, oh my gosh, he knows that so much better than I do. I need to be like that. So it definitely can push you and motivate you to, to be better and to study harder. Yeah, I don't think that, you know, anybody should be giving really their first hour of instruction when they're they're out there with a wet CFI certificate, giving their first hour of dual given. If you can practice uh, 
that instructional delivery earlier, I mean, you're going to be a lot more well-prepared when you finally have that, that CFI cert and you're out there teaching. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's, uh, it's something that I feel like you kind of also need to be careful who you take information from because you're so, especially if you're that private pilot or you're getting your privates, like make sure you trust the person you're getting that information from. Cause there's a lot of people that think they know, but they really don't know. That's a great point as well. That's, uh, that's something that I agree wholeheartedly yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ed, I uh, I think that's some great quality information about trying to make things cheaper and do things as quick as possible and kind of get your career. You know, you you want you have this goal to be an airline pilot or corporate pilot, whatever it may be, and you have this opportunity to do it as cheap and as great as possible. And I think those are good points. Is there anything else you want to touch on and bring up? I mean, it was great talking today. Uh, I think that getting this information out there is incredibly important. Uh, you know, encourage everybody to check out our website at, you know, flywithlift.com. But, uh, you know, obviously, as, as you said today, there's a number of different paths students can take. So uh, just making sure that, you know, training occurs regularly, that you have access to the aircraft and the instructors, that's that's going to be what really helps you uh, achieve your goals. Absolutely. And yeah, like you said, be consistent do self-study and just pick the best aircraft and the best situation for you. You really need to do your research and make sure you're at the right place, which it could be a lift Academy. I hope it is. Yeah. Well, perfect. Ed, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for talking about some of the stuff and we'll talk to you soon. Look forward to talking to you soon. See you, Justin. Perfect. And that is a wrap on the very first episode of Ask a CFI with a Lift Flight Academy. I want to give a special shout out to Egg Bagdon. He had some great insight today on how to save money in your flight training. This is something I'm excited about. This is something that I think can bring some real value to the podcast and to the space. So if you have a question for a CFI, remember it's not me, it's going to be someone else. Go ahead and email me, pilotthepilothq at gmail.com. And you never know, your question might be answered on the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Aviation Nation, that's all I have for you today. As always, happy flying.